Enclave, the podcast for the gamer in you. Today, your hosts are Jinjimo and Light. How's it going, my friend? How oh, how's pretty good. Your, how's your gaming life, if any? <laughs> oh, still, uh, still uh, hashing away at uh, at Final Fantasy, and then I started playing a little bit because um, I think I'm uh, just finished um, Heaven's Word. And uh, yeah, you know, you know the the grind it kind of gets gets to you. So uh, at least to me. So I just I was like, oh, I need to play something else that's not uh, text heavy reading and you know, uh, Final Fantasy. So um, started playing uh, SnowRunner, which is like. Um, um, oh, I heard about that a, game. How you like it? Yeah. Oh, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's a it's like a uh, kind of like a trucking. Um, like a trucking delivery uh mud-based physics simulator kind of thing so uh it's it's similar to um mud runner well it's like the spiritual successor of mud one i think mud runner and um you know you you uh start with like this uh, small four-wheeled uh drive all-terrain kind of vehicle uh truck and you know you're you're learning the basics and then you move into bigger vehicles and you're supposed to you know you have objectives to try to get to one point or the other and and pull these you know larger and larger um pieces of equipment out of like deep forests you know and uh it's pretty cool and you you eventually get into like all sorts of different weather um kind of environments so um but yeah i started playing that just anything to really use the the uh the steering wheel and stuff in the uh, on the ps5 that game reminds me of that tv show what is it called big ice road truckers big, yes that's what that like the cover that's what it reminded me of like the uh, yeah so it I, actually it, i thought that was kind of sounds like it too oh does it i wonder if it got if that game came in inspiration because of that I, I don't know it wouldn't surprise me since they tend to make games out of like tv shows and stuff sometimes or not just like ideas from television Oh yeah, or, I mean all media is you know inspired by other media. It's that's definitely, true. Um, I mean most of it. So yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, definitely has that feel. Uh, it's cool because it's like you know it's a simulator, but it has a kind of a storyline, and so you can just kind of sit down, and relax. It's not like too hectic where, um, you know, you're always having to. I don't know. Um, it's not like combat, you know, related. It's more of um you know you're you're just trying to negotiate uh difficult terrain <laughs> and so sometimes that and like um american truck simulator or euro truck simulator um or even Micro- microsoft flight simulator like they're those are definitely good games that that you like when you want to take a break from gaming but you don't necessarily want to stop gaming <laughs> yeah 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 that's funny because i i never really got like um what like I seen the game and I'm like that's that's an interesting game but I never never got around to even playing it. I guess it doesn't. I never thought about it. So now that you're playing, I'm like I wonder if it's just like the, that TV show and it. it's funny that it kind of is. <laughs> um, but yeah, besides that, I mean, how how did you like um, the ending of Heaven Sword or Heaven Sword, whatever on on Final Fantasy? Because I I also um, I also got to the next expansion which is um, Stormblood, so that's where I'm at. Where where? Because I haven't played it in like a month, but that's where I that's where I'm at right now. 
Yeah, it's uh, so yeah, I haven't started the new expansion yet. I think I'm I'm pretty close, I believe, but uh, so far there hasn't been any really like um, uh, indicate like uh, obvious indicators that it's we're going on to the next expansion. But um, but yeah, it was interesting. I think um, now I'm trying to remember what happened. Yeah, like the um, yeah yeah with uh, was it Nidhog and and um, yeah. Estinian and like how they uh, became one. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was definitely felt like uh, um, just the whole thing was pretty pretty crazy. It was awesome. I, I one thing I've noticed that I really enjoyed is how they um, how there's always this big you know I, I guess put in a music terms uh, crescendo at the end, right? Like a big uh, event that happens and um, it's. Uh, uh, definitely like a boss battle, right? Like a single player, because the game's very. It feels very similar to like a single player game, but with um, some of the things that I personally enjoy when you know in multiplayer or uh, MMOs is that the dungeon part, and yeah, um, yeah those are pretty cool. And the, and the fights aren't aren't too like the story based fights aren't too difficult, where you you don't necessarily have to like re- go and look at a guide to get through it. I mean, not like some of them, you know, like the really difficult ones or the the duties or whatever, where you have to um, actually prepare, uh, you know, w- yeah. which is awesome that, that there's that. But um, yeah, it's nice if you just want to get through it. You just could just jump in and it's only like a five to five to eight minute wait um, for me so far for those. Nice, nice. Um, not a long uh, way at yeah. all. Yeah, not, not like some of them. Actually, I think earlier on there was some story based um queuing that i had to go through for the the dungeons or the uh, duties or whatever and um yeah it was like 20 minutes or something but even that i mean compared to uh 30 to an hour sometimes on the really low populated uh games um yeah like that that that's no fun like just Mm -hmm. waiting but i guess the only thing that helps you is just level up i guess at that point um yeah well what kind of sucked is i was in a spot where um and this was this only really occurred, I think, once uh, in the first first base, like the base game, Realm Reborn. Realm Reborn. Mm-hmm. And then another time, I think, recently, um, but it was only once, where you can't leave the area and you have to, like, and oh, it may have just wait. been a Realm Reborn. Okay. Yeah, and you have to just wait uh, because you're technically, like, captured, you know? I guess uh, that makes sense at that point. It's just part of the story. Yeah. But that was the longest way. Of course, it was the one I couldn't like leave. So, but other ones were pretty quick. So that's pretty good. But yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, it's just you know takes a toll after some time. You get, um, it's just a lot of. I don't know, like play, like playing it for so, so long, like um, uh, without too much of a break. Like yeah, there'll be a few days I don't play it, but, um, you know just consecutively playing it and kind of expecting the same things and on occasion there's like usually the ones where it says uh it warns you hey this is gonna there's gonna be a number of cutscenes. like you know something crazy is gonna happen mm-hmm. those are definitely worth checking out but um yeah i've noticed that um for the most part i i just kind of if it's a side quest or something and i'm not really it, unless it's a very specific one that's interesting to me i just skip through it really quick because at this point i'm like wow i'm still in the first expansion and i have like what two more expansions to go through like man that's gonna that's a lot of content this game's definitely got a lot of content so i'm kind of 
at the point where I'm not so interested in every single quest dialogue anymore. Um, and even the main story quests, like you can get the gist of it by just like reading the first sentence of every, every one. Um, I, so. I, I, I pretty much like when it comes to some of the main story, I try to read everything unless it's like a little random NPC that you just have to talk to real quick. I'm like, okay, this guy is just a little, it's going to send me there. And there, yeah. Like I try to skim through it quickly because of that reason. Same, same reason. Because I do like watching the cutscenes. I like seeing the characters and interact with each other. But when it's just like, oh, go over there, talk to this person real quick, and I'm like, oh, okay, what is this about? Oh, okay, that. Okay. <laughs> it's not even that yeah. important to this story. Yeah. The um, although there was a lot of you know love for Heaven's Lord it's definitely just like uh, Realm Reborn. There's a lot of running back and forth. Um, but not as much, and so, um, but it does get kind of tedious after some time. Um, oh yeah. And so, yeah, I I kind of ended up because uh, I mean there'd be times where I would go and uh, be like, okay, cool, I want to play uh, Final Fantasy, so I jump on, and um, the whole time I'm playing is I'm just running back and forth, going through dialogue. It's like I haven't even used any of my spells in like a couple of days because all of the content was just dialogue, 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 you know. <laughs> Dang. So um, sometimes I just want to like you know work on my rotation or or you know just kill stuff on in the game. Yeah. But, um, you don't always get that. It's not like that's what I liked about WoW is like almost everything re uh, required some kind of combat, and uh, it really um, made you feel a lot closer to the skills like the the class or your character when it comes to the fighting mechanics. Um, with Final Fantasy, it doesn't. I don't feel as tied to them um as much because i usually get to like i don't know my, my like third like I'll, I'll do like one or two rotations and everything's dead and it's like okay next thing and and then you know it's not until i go into um like an instance or, or uh like a duty or something where you're really having to do multiple rotations where it gets interesting but um even then uh it's like you're kind of limited with the controls, at least for Black Mage on, uh, you know, on console. It's like you have a specific amount of abilities and you have to be, you know, um, especially I'm getting to the point where I'm going to have to redo all of it because I'm getting all these new abilities um, uh, that kind of added a whole new mechanic to the fight. And so yeah. um, I have to keep remembering that I need to use those. <laughs> you know, I can't just keep the same rotation that I used for uh, the whole expansion anymore. So, um, and of course I don't have that time to, to work on it because I'm doing dialogue missions. Um, so I can always, you know, go to the fighting dummy things like in, uh, was it Falcon's Rest or whatever, but, um, uh, other than that, you know, I, I still want to have progress towards it. I'll, I'll figure it out when I get to, get to it kind of thing. So. Oh, nice, nice, nice. But yeah, um, you know, it's funny cause I did like the, I was getting a little bit, like you were saying, little overwhelmed with i guess the the dialogue towards some degree but once i got towards the end of the heaven sword i actually enjoyed it quite a bit and then once i actually got into stormblood it it's interesting that i i felt like i was i was like oh my god here we go again like with the same thing as heaven sword right but i really like it was only that feeling was only temporarily because after a certain point in the in the next expansion like 
the way the expansion is, without trying to spoil it for you since you haven't gotten there, it, it, it makes the questing a little bit more fluid, in my opinion. Maybe you'll see what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's the, like uh, running back and forth is involved, but the transportation, it becomes better. So at mm-hmm. least at least I enjoyed that quite a bit once uh, well that's what I was doing before um I took a break from it. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that part of it. And well besides that, that I mean that game is fun. I still need to go and beat it cuz I want to I want to complete the that Final Fantasy game because it's one of those that I was like I never beat. So might as well play the story, right? And I think the last expansion is coming out soon if I'm not mistaken. I don't know if I'm going to be done with the main story by the time the expansion comes through because these games have so much content it's ridiculous mm-hmm. um what is it called end walk and walker or what was yeah and walker mm-hmm. yeah and, and it looks really cool too so i was like okay i want to get some of this i want to play it and obviously i don't know like how long i'll be playing this game for but I think once I beat the main story and I do the raids, I'm probably going to be done with it for a long time. Unless they have more content later down the line. Which I'm sure they'll do. Uh, but, but I don't know. So far, I enjoyed the game. So I'll keep playing it once I get some time for it. <laughs> Until then, I'm like, uh, right now, I mostly, um, I've been too busy with other home stuff haven't had too much time for games besides um blasphemous like i was li- telling you a little bit because i've been playing on the switch and it's just a it's a side scroller roguelike game it's pretty interesting too because it's a it there's like lots of blood and like lots of things being sacrificed like you are like an apostle or something around that area and essentially you're looking for forgiveness I guess. Um, and then you're going around like either... There's there's like... Uh, if you play like Bloodborne or Dark Souls... Like there are side quests that you don't even know are like part of the story. <laughs> mm-hmm. So so you have to talk to this um, NPC. And the NPC will like send you like... Hey, can you get this for me? And like I was just ignoring him straight out. But then I got stuck at some point. So I was like, okay, maybe I'm going to help this guy in the meantime. And then I slowly started discovering more areas and more areas, but yeah, it's 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 just like um, it definitely feels like a Castlevania kind of like game, which I like a lot. I love Castlevania, so if you like Castlevania or Metroid, I think you guys will like this game. Yeah, I, this story is interesting, if, and if you like something bloody and savage, <laughs> this game is definitely it. It has some very the art style, um, well, it reminds me, I guess, of a, I would say like a Super Nintendo game, but like uh, some of the animations are pretty nice and brutal, especially like sometimes you can parry, well, you can parry most of the attacks, I think, except for a few, and you can parry and then you you attack back and then it gives you like a little, like a little, uh, what is it called? Quicks, quick action sequence. If you press a button, like to to finish off the enemy, and the little animation is pretty nice. Like one of them, like these enemies have wheels, and you basically like I parry their wheels, and the guy like 
he was flashing red so I went over there and hit the X button and I just grabbed his wheel and smashed his head <laughs> with his own wheel to finish him <laughs> off that was kind of satisfying to watch that like the little blood is so brutal sounds like a 2D uh, God of War pretty much uh, <laughs> it, it's I, w- I don't think it's as brutal as the original God of War games uh, but it's it's very it's very satisfying to see some of those death death scenes or animations <clears throat> death animations so that's, so that's fun I've been playing that and I actually recently downloaded um, Left 4 where's it oh, it's just Left 4 Dead but it's a uh, Back 4 Blood or whatever mm-hmm. the uh the same game that was inspired by the by well it's from the same makers of well the same um developers turtle turtle neck studios or turtle rock sorry not turtle neck turtle rock and it looks fun i don't know if you if you're gonna play that game but if you interested let me know i i've been meaning to play it i only play like the uh the tutorial aspect of it and I was like okay this is pretty much kind of like Left 4 Dead with a, a card system so the card mm-hmm. system kind of gives you like little buffs and stuff during each mission is it like uh was it Dead Before Daylight because mm-hmm. that has a card system too like um, and all these uh, um, specific buffs and everything and you can use certain items and then there's some expendable ones too but you yeah kind of build, it, it, i guess it's not really cards but it's more of just like it's very similar these. yeah so so and then you also have your weapon loadouts where you can choose your weapons and change their um their skins i think you can also find attachments etc to them as you level mm-hmm. up and then and uh, apparently you only start with four characters and then you get to choose from what Four or five, I can't remember exactly. Uh, I wasn't counting. I just remember seeing like four or five characters, and then there was like um, double the amount. So if there's a total eight, is four total ten, ten, uh, five. <laughs> I just mm. on my memory, like I, I I played it very briefly, and but I I enjoy what I saw. Um, it's pretty fun. Then I like I just need to put more time into that game. And another game I wanted to play, I don't know. I know you're not too much into the games that look like anime style, but the Scarlet Nexus game looks really fun. And I was like, okay, this is a game I want to play, but I just need to put time or like find time for it. Because mm-hmm. cause, um, I, I like, I don't mind if the game looks like anime because I, I like anime. So <laughs> I, I feel like I saw the box art of it and I never, I didn't even think it was an anime thing because it, the front like the front box art stuff does not look like anime <laughs> and then uh <clears throat> and then i looked in yeah the the screenshots and stuff i mean that looks interesting um yeah so that's a game i really want to play just because uh it, it's like uh, playing an anime and it's obviously like a futuristic game too with um with psychic powers of some sort and stuff like so I don't know. I find that kind of stuff pretty cool. And you're you're basically, I think you're you're defending Earth from an alien invasion or something, something along those lines. I've been trying to stay away from reviews or anything that tells me much about the game because obviously, I like being a little bit surprised. Because sometimes I feel like some, at least in movie trailers, they pretty much tell you the entire plot right there and then, and I'm like, 
I didn't need to tell me all that to make me interested in this movie. <laughs> but mm. thanks. <laughs> or maybe because I can pretty much guess the entire film based on a few things that they show. Especially because they show like a lot of the important things that they shouldn't show. But that's just me. Yeah, I uh, and looking at this, um, because, I mean, it's not really the art style that always bugs me. It's more of just how the game is. Um, the games with uh, um, anime styles I've, that I've played that end up being, it's it's very, like, they're trying to, you know, make, uh, they're trying to reach all sorts of audiences, like, people, like, you know, guys and girls and all sorts of things, you know, like, um, really cutesy, but also really, like, they try to be badass, you know, and all that stuff, and this looks, I, just like the animes that I used to watch, I always like the serious ones, the ones that were really, um, um, you know, that were really like, like what this looks like. This is, uh, this looks more interesting to me than, um, the other stuff that I've seen, I've played. Well, uh, it seems like it's more serious. Well, I'll let you know how it is and then maybe, mm -hmm. maybe you'll play it if, if it sounds interesting enough for you. Like I say, it's one of those games that I, I decided to download because um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I want to play this, so I'm just gonna have one I have installed already, and ready to go whenever I have time for it. Which it was actually gonna be uh, yesterday, but then I just barely had time to play the uh, Back for Blood beginning just to see how mm -hmm. it is, because I've been pretty busy recently. Um, so, but yeah. Besides that, I mean, uh, I guess that's that's what we've been up to in our gaming life as of now. <laughs> as of yeah. right now. And actually, I recently bought Resident Evil Village. So mm -hmm. I want to I wanna see if that game is, is as good as I've heard it is. Because, I mean, Halloween is coming. So mm -hmm. it's a great game to play during Halloween, guys. So if you haven't played it, I'm sure, I'm sure it's pretty decent. I know. By the way. Uh, uh, go ahead. Yeah, by the way, I just uh anybody's interested in free, which I'm sure a lot of people are, um, on the Epic Game Store if you haven't already, uh, they're starting to release some free game free Halloween kind of games. So one of the free ones um is well they're they're doing I don't know if this is really Halloween, but uh Paladin's Epic Pack. So I don't know if anyone actually still plays that one. Um but then they're also uh you can get right now until October twenty first is Stubbs the Zombie. <laughs> Which I remember when that first came out a long time ago. Wait, that game um, sounds familiar. Let me look it up. Go ahead. Yeah, and so that's free. And then um, from and then October twenty first, uh, Among uh, the Sleep. Yes. Uh, Among the Sleep Enhanced Edition is also free. So, uh, on the Epic Game Store, definitely grab those when you can. Yeah, yeah, that you should. Any anything that's free, and I know some people are like, well, I don't want to install that. That what is it? Another launcher on your computer yeah. i mean i understand so if you're one of those persons well that's fine but if you're not one of those persons nothing beats a free game or free yeah. stuff is free stuff even if you're i don't know at least to me if it's free i like to just redeem it even if i'm not gonna play it who knows maybe one day in the long future i'll be like you know what this game looks interesting now <laughs> i'm gonna claim yeah. it well um i did uh yeah i did the same and i actually noticed that um one of the one of the games I did want to try to play because I'm, I'm into like simulator games, and uh, it was PC Builder Simulator, I believe. <laughs> nice. Uh, and so that one was That's... free, I think, uh, last week. So I, I was able to get on that. Um, so yeah, um, 
Uh, unfortunately, it, uh, I was, uh, was kind of hoping that it was also be playable on Mac, but I guess not. No, I'll have uh, to use my other computer. Um, which, uh, you know, still, there's not a whole lot of support on Mac on these games, but uh, on the rare occasions, it's nice. Uh, I mean, nice to play something while I'm also doing the podcast since I, I you know, do all that stuff on a Mac. Um, so I'm, I'm still looking for games. But. Well, I mean, it's better than... Uh... At least you got it, right? To play on your other computer, at least. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. At least you have a way to play it, because it would say you just have a Mac and not other way to play it. Because I know recently mm-hmm. some Mac has gotten some pretty pretty nice support, obviously. Still wouldn't be your number one location to play most games. But, mm-hmm. but nonde- like nonetheless, yeah, nonetheless, I for mean, casual, it's pretty, it's, it's decent enough, I think. It plays all the the big games that I always go back to, um, like there World of Warcraft, Minecraft, uh, Eve Online, like uh, a whole bunch of other ones. Um, actually, if I look at my launchpad, um, Stardew Valley, um, all the games that I usually go, I keep coming back to. You know, like I'll take a break and play it and keep building and stuff. So, yeah, luckily those games. Oh, um, also, um, what was that one? It was uh, Path of Exile. Oh, nice. That, nice, nice. that one's also supported on... Uh, and there's a native for the M1 chip uh, for this, the the uh, ARM processor stuff. Nice. So, um, yeah, definitely... Uh, there's a there's definitely a library of games worth uh, playing. But, yeah, if you want to... If you want to have full access of stuff, it's not going to... It's not going to replace, um, you know not gonna replace the uh the pc side of them yeah yeah i mean that's that i, I was just saying just in case uh it's just uh, the state of mac mac has never been like the number one spot for for video pc games anyways so like to me it's a it's a nice addition that they're supporting it now a bit more than they used to because remember back in the day it was like almost no support for most games so it's nice that it's opening up a little bit for some casual games like that so that's always good yeah well before at the whole m1 processor um you know there was boot camp and there's there's still rosetta and there's or rosetta 2 and there's um there's some other ones too but uh that that do like crop uh backwards compatible so they were they were playable but it's just like um yeah, they're still catching up. I think eventually all of them will be able to be able to. Well, not all of them, but like a, a larger, larger variety will be able to um, be accessible in the future. But um, I don't know. We'll see. And then I know there's there's also since we're talking Apple real quick. Um, I know there's a big release event on uh, on the 18th, October 18th. So this month um, that's supposed to be interesting. So we'll see what they're gonna. Uh, it seems like. I don't know. I feel like they're gonna do the whole M2 chip reveal or something because <laughs> they're like showing. Uh, let's see what was the exact. Well, I I don't know what they're gonna show, but it's definitely it can't hurt to stay tuned to see what they say, what shows up on there. Yeah, the way they um, I think the way they phrased it, it seemed like. Uh, I think I think they're just going to unleashed. They're saying unleashed and all this stuff. So they're they're probably going to have some kind of uh, some kind of reveal that's going to be performance related. But I don't know. We'll see. 
I don't know. I guess to me, like I don't get excited for Apple announcements as well, anymore. Yeah. This for <laughs> for those that do get excited for that or, or yeah. that. I, I'm not necessarily excited either because I know as soon as they show it, it's like, okay, well, my the laptop I just bought is obsolete, kind of. Well, not obsolete, but it's like not as like cutting edge as it was. <laughs> but uh, and they're you know, and I don't know. I might depending on uh, the the um, the trade and value or whatever thing, I might just swap it for the next one. But um, well, that's a good thing about Apple. Like at least their their uh, their value holds up. Yeah, and the reason the they made reason that I'm not excited for their keynotes anymore is because after watching like, the last one, I was like, okay, this is just not not for me. Super boring. At least when it came to the iPhone reveal, and then they were all like showing all these new features, and then it was like, oh look, Apple's finally catching up. Back, it's catching up now. <laughs> so it's like I'm like, mm-hmm. you guys are so yeah. silly. Like that, yeah, that that's the reason be... that I'm like oh, okay, it, I, I'm gonna look at the highlights. I guess it's kind of what I mean, <laughs> and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see what's exciting, what's what's not so exciting. Yeah, there's only a handful of things that I'm interested in, and it's usually um, the the laptop and um, the uh, iPad. That's it, because I I own you know both of them, and uh, it's I'm oh I'm sometimes interested in where it's gonna go next and everything. But honestly, my uh, the one I have, I don't see any point in replacing it anytime soon. And honestly, this laptop too, I don't see any point. I'm not, I haven't hit any like uh, performance limits yet. So, um, and I've hit a lot, I, I threw a lot of crap at it. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not as excited, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, I guess anxious, like, oh, they're going to come out with something and I'm going to be thinking, oh, I could always trade it in. And the longer you wait, you know, the less of the trade in you'll get. And well, that, that so. that's what they want. They want you to get yeah. the shiny new toy, man. <laughs> Like, that's just how yeah. it is. They're like, come on, give us your money. And come it's funny, on. too, because I, I would see that if I use uh, the laptop specifically, like, as a laptop. But I use it as my desk, like a desktop computer. And um, I, I don't think it would, I really, I would really see a huge difference. Because I don't, I don't really use the screen or the touch thing or anything on it. Um, it's, it's, it feels the same as if I probably had the, the um, smaller, you know, the, the, um, actual desktop Mac, you know, the M1 Mac, that came out, or the Mac Mini or whatever, Mac something or there. The Mac Air? Um, MacBook Air? No. Or, no, it's it's not the laptop the... version of it. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I, it's, it's... I thought it was just like a Mac desktop computer. <laughs> or you talk about the all-in-one. The all-in-one? No, or like... No, a... I mean, uh, not the one that has a... Uh, well, I guess, yeah, that too. I... I but Cause, um, not cause the one that has the screen on it, not the because um, they're, they're they have the regular desktops and then they have the all in one, which is the one with the screen and everything implemented into the screen. Um, I think it's the Mac Mini, but uh, the Mac Mini is like a square. It's just like a little square, yeah, little box, See, that, a square uh, box. So that that's the one that I would comp- I would be. Uh, it feels like I have that because I don't have a specific screen. I don't have the iMac. Um, you know, and so if I were to get the iMac, it would be a whole different kind of experience because I would be seeing like a different screen and and everything, and I wouldn't have the ultra wide and everything. Um, but if I were to switch it, like let's say my laptop, um, my MacBook Pro with like uh, a Mac Mini, I probably wouldn't know the difference because it's once again, it, I mean, besides it's just sitting next to me right here, I don't use it as a laptop. So if I were to um, switch it with like the new like upgraded i don't know if they have an m2 chip or something like that 
I don't think I would see a difference, um, really, you know? So that's why I'm like, that's the real like hesitant part of it. It's like, am I, am I really going to ever push it that, uh, far enough where I need the M2 versus the M1, but we'll see. Um, We'll I mean, see what they, they have to isn't say the, the didn't the M1 just came out? Um, when did it come out? I don't know. I think I think they might just do keep the M1 name or something. But who knows? Who knows with Apple? With Apple, they tend to like. It came out, out in 2020, uh, November actually. So it was like you. you know a year ago. Um, and that's what they usually do is say they really they'll wait like you know not very long and then they'll they'll release like the next version like the higher up version it'll probably cost more and everything and they'll still have the m1 option so it's not going to make it obsolete it's just going to be out there for people that are really pushing it and they're needing um you know that performance but otherwise i mean uh so far it's been pretty good for i mean it, it blows my mind that i'm able to run these big intensive programs like ableton live with all these vsts and all these plugins and stuff right like um running it and it's not bottlenecked um and it's not only that but it's also being translated through rosetta too so it's not even running natively that that, that blows my mind because i tried to run um a virtual computer on my pc and it was it was you know sluggish right <laughs> so being able to run like let's say a mac operating system or even just another windows operating system on a windows um that's basically what it's doing in a way, but it's doing it a lot. Well, how efficient. many cores uh, would you say? How many cores does your M1 chip have? Well, that's it's kind it's of interesting. It's an A core, right? They say it's like A core perform A core. I think so, but the way the way the chip runs is it's it's not it's not similar to normal CPUs. It's because uh, it's it's using the RAM differently. Like it has internal RAM uh, as well as um, it's just the way the architecture is different. It's the way it processes things. Uh, it, uh, I know, I know. There's some drawbacks of it. I, I think it's the read-write. Um, there's like a basically like a death clock, you know, on it, like waiting, counting down because you only can write it so many times. But mm -hmm. those that RAM is is definitely not going to go out um, before like the screen itself goes out or any of the other components go out. So it's not like that big of an issue. But um, yeah, it's it's different than a CPU uh, that we're usually used to. Because it's it's like Apple's own, from my understanding, it's its own like whole thing. So that's uh, why it's able to run this stuff like so well. I haven't looked too much into that, but even the uh, I know like a lot of the what is it called newer CPUs that is on the AMD side. They're like they have like a thing called like Infinity Cache or something like that. So like they're even running on newer technology that like it's crazy how they how they work nowadays when compared to older CPUs. Oh yeah, I, I definitely. But like when you compare it to the price um, for like a laptop, comparatively, um, man, I I couldn't find a better option. This is actually better than my my desktop um, when it comes to CPU performance, yeah, um, and all that stuff. So I'm like shit. Like I just replaced my desktop with this laptop, um, I mean, pretty much. Besides, you know, playing PC native games. I mean, yeah. If you if you find out if it's good, man, it's good. That's yeah. like I say. I haven't really looked too much into the Mac CPUs because mm -hmm. the they I think they made the M1 specifically for um the MacBook Airs and their smaller their smaller um desk, they like, made it for the portability um, Mac, their portability Mac their Mac yeah, Mini well, their MacBook and the Air Air um, and the Pro 
and the Pro, yeah. So and uh, and and also the iMac, and um, it's also in the new iPad. So well, they, yeah, they yeah. pushed uh, they pushed Intel out completely out of all future future products, and um, they're they uh, just except wanna, for the, they just want more know, money. The <laughs> they're like, screw it, well, we have the money that, to do that it. That too, it naturally comes, but honestly, it's um, being able to have more flexibility and control over the environment when it comes to um, developing it. So their whole team's on it. They don't have to um, subcontract or they don't have to contract out, um, you know, somebody to to work with to get a cpu they're just like well shit i'll just make my own and so now they have a their full in-house team developing um all the major components of it yeah uh, it's pretty cool and o- it's, it's only in time will tell if that's a that's a good thing <laughs> only yeah time only tell. the negative <laughs> thing is that the negative part is um early adopters are going to get kind of screwed right uh because a lot of things aren't compatible and and i'm specifically talking on the side of um uh, audio like music production and stuff like a lot of vsts and stuff that i used to use um that i bought like a long time ago and i have like hundreds of dollars worth of them um probably aren't going to work and i haven't even tried because i know um <laughs> they're, they're most likely not going to work because they're so old like they probably mm-hmm. won't even work on uh update like windows 10 to be honest um but uh so i just started from scratch and i got everything you know i a lot of my music stuff is um outboard anyway so it's all hardware but um when it comes to actual like doing stuff in here um yeah so far i mean ableton live itself uh those that are not familiar with it um you know it's a music production uh daw like a digital audio workstation does Mm -hmm. all sorts of things um a lot of big names use it uh not only just for um for music production but also i mean i'm doing the podcast through this on my end um and then you can do all sorts even some video um stuff but it's uh it's a pretty intensive program when you start you know adding all this stuff into it and um so yeah it was my decision i just was like hey i'll just give it a chance so i'd always have that unfortunate like okay i if i do purchase a vst which is um you know virtual i forgot what it means but it's like a plug-in for like a, a, a virtual instrument or something like a filter or something for the um, it's kind of like the digital version of a, a piece of audio equipment that you buy, like like a guitar or like a synth or something. And so I always have to do that extra research to say, okay, is this actually going to work on the M1? And luckily enough, a lot of places are making compatible native versions. Um, uh, but yeah, that's always, I mean, with anything. But uh, Apple has a bunch of, of uh, native software that, um, you know, like, for example... I don't even have to worry about using Excel or any of that stuff. Although my wife uses Excel and she um, she hasn't had that many issues. There was one issue, but we figured it out. Uh, it was like a ra- random crash issue, but um, otherwise it's been working flawlessly. And of course, all the native programs work very well on it. Um, so yeah, the the programs, the native programs, like you don't really necessarily, unless you're really specific in tasks. Um, I've never had any need to to use any. Um, other external ones but that are not just already provided but um yeah i mean i primarily use i was looking for something that i could be creative on so i could be uh, the audio side but also do uh programming and apparently um macs are really the environment are is really good um just right out of the box for programming because there's 
a whole shitload of stuff that you don't necessarily need to install like on windows where you have to like it doesn't come with a bunch of things and apparently the terminal is like really good um when when using um for some quick commands and everything for like um, installing libraries and everything so very similar to because um, it's the same kernel but very similar to raspberry pi like uh linux stuff so um anyway all for anybody that's interested in that stuff um so uh but yeah for the creative productive person <laughs> like that wants to do stuff um seems to be the right environment for that especially where you could uh pull in an ipad and and use it as a second screen as well as be able to draw directly on it with zero latency like i uh yeah it's pretty awesome but i'm just you know we'll, we'll see where it is in the next couple of years yeah yeah i was just looking through some um comparison to the uh for example the rising cpus for laptops and stuff for the m1 and then the amd um ryzen 5800 h and i mean it's not bad looks like they're fairly comparable um Depending then, on what, depending on what you're using, the Ryzen might be better. Depending on what they're gonna not say though is the do sound. Other stuff. Uh, There's, I, this this thing is never the fans have never turned on, which could be a defect. But at the same time, I've never heard the fans cut on this. Um, it it doesn't get hot at all. And like in when I'm like recording or doing anything, uh, last thing I want is background noise. Even though I have a compressor like taking care of that, but mm -hmm. um, there's no sound like this. I sometimes I'm like, is it on? <laughs> you know, and then I notice, okay, it pops up on my screen. Okay, it's good. Like no sound whatsoever. And then my wife will be working. You know, she she has some work for home from home activity that she does as well with her her job. And um, you know, she'll be laying in bed, she'll be working and stuff. Um, and sometimes like with her old laptop and, you know, my, my work laptop, this thing spins up when it's not even turned on or like, uh, it'll spin up and, and you can hear it, um, and stuff because that's just what windows laptops do is the fans are like, seems like they're always running. But, um, when, uh, yeah, she's sitting there uh, and I remember the almost the hottest point in a laptop that I've had was always when I was laying in bed or something and I had it on my lap. And I always had to, I always had to get like a tray or something or like, uh, you know, something to put it on. But this, like this thing sat on my lap and I was playing Minecraft and all this stuff. Like, well, that. it's, it's also fairly new too. So that, that, that's like, that's but when we're comparing it with CPUs, generally. you know, like, cause if you, cause really if you're going to compare benchmarks to, uh, I guess sound of the fans, I mean, that's just depending on the kind of chases or laptop you're looking into any types because I've used laptops uh, Macs before and then MacBook Airs and then the other ones and they get extremely hot so it's not something that I would say they have the best cooling design at least well, from I my personally from my personal old experience from with Macs because yeah. I do repair Macs from people too and I mean like like uh, we have a all-in-one Mac and then that one when we're um, we were trying to edit on it, it would just take forever to even run uh, Adobe Premiere. But the difference is this is an M1, right? So that's what I was like, oh, well, maybe this ones have better cooling, better better design, which I hope they do. So I was just trying yeah, to point I, out of like uh, I think what's relatively the same on as the opposite position mm -hmm. right so like to me the amd ryzen cpus are the best in the market right now so i was like might as well compare it to that right see what there is yeah. okay so that's yeah, what i was looking I, at the 5800 and they're yeah, pretty decent comparison, 
like in comparison i mean at the end of the day it's it's going to be like okay how what is it like to to own it and what what's your experience with it right so you had bad experiences with older macs and stuff and like i we uh, actually around the same time we bought um so i bought uh, my wife a gaming laptop and uh you know i7 uh it has a it has rtx you know like uh it can do ray tracing like that's the kind of laptop it is right uh and that thing was like like ready to catch fire <laughs> like playing call of duty 4k right like all that stuff um and uh but that this isn't going to be able to do that it's not going to be able to do ray tracing it's not going to be able to do that kind of gaming and stuff and, and at the end of the day like well i think well what do i use it for i don't really use it for gaming i use it for you know what i'm feeling creative and want to do production stuff mm -hmm. um and uh i think it's it definitely has a niche market it has a market right it has for a very specific thing um and it just i just don't think it could be matched um for a laptop comparison right like for any of that like you um it's just it, it's i've had a number of laptops and everything and it's the best i've ever had but i don't think it would be a desk a pc desktop i don't think they'll ever beat a pc desktop oh um, no the one that i was talking about is a cpu for laptops the 5800h yeah and and those things guaranteed are gonna they're they're more designed to be used as a desktop rather than something you take with you and you know it's just the the experience that you have with these compared to um a similar performance uh laptop that's a windows one it's just unbeatable um i've just you know like i i use both you know i have a work laptop that i use for just even you know just basic stuff writing reports and doing calculations and minimal excel calculations stuff like that um and this thing um i find it it gets very hot just on you know and it's a hp i don't know like a let me actually look an hp elite book or something like that mm -hmm. so it's a pretty good laptop i mean it wasn't cheap i guess but um you know doing the very same thing like it's just leaps and bounds and this is only probably four years old laptop compared to one that came out last year um but yeah if you're looking at gaming though yeah i could see this thing would probably get still the mac could still get hot uh with like really crazy gaming or whatever um that pushes it um but yeah i guess it really depends if you i, I feel like those those ones with those kind of cpus that's more like, and if even if you're not gaming, you're doing like computer intensive stuff. I could see that being really um, how you would use it. It it's different than you would use like an M1. You would uh, probably uh, have it at home. You'll do some. You'll you'll put it on a desk. It's like a desk laptop. You know, you put it on a desk or you connect it to an external monitor, and it's something that you can take with you when you go to work, or you can take with you on a trip or something. And it's yeah, it's not the it's not the easiest thing to use like on a train or something or, or whatever. Well, they, I mean, they have uh, they have the... slim versions as well that compete with the MacBook Air because MacBook Air exists and stuff like that. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think you're just gonna have to find whatever best fits your needs. And for you, the MacBook M1 is pretty. It's a MacBook, right? It's just like the, when it's, it comes to the power, it's the power good. comparatively, it's just it's uh, the M1. It seems to be more comfortable to use opposed to something that's like equivalence like from what i heard the the intel uh chip before like um they switched to just their um in-house chip uh it ran hot like and that thing was having some issues with the cooling um and 
you know, this like comparatively just seemed to fix it. But I'm sure there's stories of people burning their legs on these two. But just, um, yeah, I guess I'm I'm in my in my situation or in my experience, um, I haven't had any of the issues that I've had with laptops in the past. It kind of re uh, it re defined how I see a laptop really um, uh, compared to even like the new one I bought my wife, for example, like it's, I always thought, wow, power, power equals, uh, you know, comparative power equals uh, probably not the most comfortable to use, <laughs> but you're like, it's like this unwieldy power, power, mm. you know, you have like loud fans, it gets hot, but man, the visuals, you know, 4k monitor or screen on this thing and all those other stuff. I mean, this doesn't have 4k, but um, it's a, uh, it's like a give and take thing. But there's a lot of it seems like this thing is not able to comp or it doesn't compromise on as much as um, some of those do, and and eventually I can see all of them uh, them coming up to to that. I I know like the surface surface books or whatever they're called. Um, I heard those are pretty good, uh, but well, I just yeah. don't run into any. I don't run any to like I haven't ran into any issues um, with the operating system on Mac so far as like I do with uh, it. Just seems sleeker. Um, so, I don't hey know. man, whatever our, whatever yeah. works for you. Uh, yeah, and it might work for others. Like if you use it as, uh, I guess the, in case I the case I do, you know, is, is production stuff. But um, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't go for it for gaming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does run. I mean, I've I've been surprised. I've been able to run some uh, like Eve Online. Um, it looks amazing uh, with the like. A, external monitor and everything like it just looks the same as if i i did it on my desktop cool. that's good man like i said as long as you get it um wherever you need like there's things that i don't like about max like uh, yeah i'm sure no, 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 non-upgradable parts like you can't upgrade the ram you can't upgrade the hard drives etc by the time i need to i'm just gonna get a new computer anyway no that's fine but for me like i like having a uh, future proof stuff so i don't need to upgrade mm -hmm. a computer etc which is yeah. Which is just obviously it depends to what your needs are. Is all I'm trying to say. Like if you, if you, if you are okay with just that, that's just perfect. Because I mean, it seems like it's working just fantastic for you, and that's awesome. That's a good thing. That's a good purchase right there, in my opinion, right? Um, and yeah, but once again, there's the, uh, you know, Apple's gonna come out with this new thing. Probably it's like oh the M2, and then you think oh well. I could trade it in, and yeah, I'll probably have to pay like an extra five hundred dollars. But I'll Who knows, have the man? Like, like for example, that's that's the, that's the one thing I hate right now. Just in the general, uh, it doesn't just involve with uh, Apple. It also goes with um, like the Samsung phones and stuff. It's like okay, here. It's like it's like you never have the last phone, or like if they release a phone, mm -hmm. right? Like it like takes the like end a year. all to be all. Yeah, it's like it's like oh look, this is. But for me, like uh, I guess. Or be I, all the end all. That's yeah, you. like once you have <laughs> enough of a good product, it's like why don't you like make it improve on that product instead of just saying hey, let's make a new product, and sell it like with brand new price, and then it, and then you're like, well, this product's still perfectly fine. Um, but I don't know. I feel like they're just trying to milk our money for us to never, never be satisfied with what we have. And yeah. one, they want yeah. you to always upgrade and upgrade. And I'm like, I like my phone right now. I don't know if Samsung's coming up with any new phones recently. 
because uh, I have the I have the top of the line one. So yeah, I man, wanted I, to talk. <laughs> it blew me away when I saw it. Like uh, I remember I saw this just the screen, how vivid it is. Like oh, I yes. was like, Whoa. it's it's like when you look at a if you, if anybody hasn't seen it before, it's like you look at this. What model is it? By well, the this way? is the S twenty one Ultra G five. Oh, um, yeah, you look at it and it's like, uh, and it's kind of curved too. That's one weird thing that I'm not, uh, I haven't really gotten used to with, I, you know, because iPhones, it's always been, um, you know, it's it's like a straight screen or whatever. But on those, it's like it's curved around the edges or something. Like something about it pops, uh, just yeah. how the screen is. And then the vividness of like, uh, it's just, it's like you, like the first time you look at a 4K television. And you're like staring at it. You can't look away. It's like you. It's like your eyes are trying to figure out. Like there's something about this that I just. It's like you get this eye massage. I don't know. Well, that's you know, I that's that. I was actually gonna let you know that that's one actually one of my favorite things about Max. Their screens. Their Retina screen is one of my favorite things about those laptops. Or or what? Yeah. I don't know if they like to be called laptops because some people get angry. It's like it's not a laptop; it's a MacBook. I'm like, shut up! It's mm-hmm. a freaking laptop. In my well, it does say laptop on their on their thing. So, it's just a computer and, that uh, can sit on your lap. Uh, yeah. So it's yeah, just I it's, don't. I don't know if people get mad about that, like because some of them. I don't know. Yeah. Some fanboys be I, crazy, but they use my laptop as a laptop so i couldn't tell you <laughs> no but their screen right like this the retina screen on those things are so oh, yeah. nice no, it, it, looks, it, it looks nice i really like I, I like the colors they really pop etc like like there's like there's things i like about the macbooks but like for my use it, it's not just it's not for me like i yeah. i need video editions and i need a lot of hard drive space because if i record in 4k like connecting an external hard drive is definitely not going to be the most optimal experience on this thing just because I we need to get a external super like external SSDs and and those can be pricey. <laughs> so like oh, I'll just go down um, I'll go down the big rabbit hole of spending a lot more money. What are they called are they called like UD or uh what are they called? I was just, so recently I've been looking so I was thinking, uh, yeah, it'd be nice to get like a really, really, really big external um, hard drive or something, just so I can dump all the stuff. Because I, I mean, it's very easy to get way too many files uh, in the stuff I do here, and so I'm like um, lo- looking at options and stuff. And then I came across one because I was like, because I have these um, bays in my desk where I can do rack mounting, and uh, I was thinking, oh, that'd be cool to have like a rack mounted external hard drive. And that's when I found out about um, this. The kind that I guess uh, <clears throat> it's like an arrayed setup. <clears throat> Excuse me, and um, it's like a ton of uh, well, I don't know, like six drives, I guess, and and then it, it um, you know, it, it puts it throughout there. So, and it's something about it. it's like if one fails, then you still have a backup on another or something like. Oh that. yes, so, yes. It's, it's not necessarily raid, but it's in a way that you know, it's Are not. You- it's, it just you know, that's a, a partition, a partition backup of your on your hard drive. So like it partitions your hard drives like into like two, and then it just copies from one to the other, and stuff like like it, it it's 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 a nice feature um, to have. I'm trying to remember what it was called. It was like a special kind of external hard drive uh, system. And, well, uh, you don't really had... need it to be able to have that capability oh, as long as you know what you're doing but yeah um, it's nice for those people who don't <laughs> just oh, boom. Wait, this is not it. yeah uh, i mean it, and it's specific it, it's not specific to uh 
<coughs> rack mounted. It's just like server stuff, but <coughs> it's um, sorry, <laughs> it's a uh, uh, SAS drives, SAS drives. Is that what they're called? Um, I'm not sure. To be honest, yeah. So, uh, um, so drive drives into one U rack mountable storage solution with external mini SAS connectivity. I don't know if that's it or not, but um, <clears throat> I know when I was looking into it. Yeah, I started getting seeing a lot of server related uh stuff. Well, yeah, lots of these hard drives are like have like lots of uh storage for sure. Uh, like I seen like 18 terabytes, 14 terabytes, stuff like that. Yeah. So so they're more server based. Um but like in reality you don't really need that much. Uh <laughs> but you know, if you I guess if you're doing a server, yeah, those will be very good for you to have. Oh, so um, SAS is uh, uh, serial attached. Uh, I think it's a SCSI, SCSI. Is that SCSI? I think that's what they call it. Um, okay, maybe this is something different. Anyway, um, but I also saw like an advertisement for it. I think it was uh, at one point, and it looked cool. <laughs> there was flashy <laughs> lights, and there's little buttons that could pop out stuff, but. Um, Otherwise, yeah. Anyway, I was I, yeah. I, I'm kind of looking for. I, I like think a, I think most people just uh just get a regular external hard yeah. drive. <laughs> You'll be just fine. Yeah. Um, and then oh, and then yeah. always do like a backup. Um, because there's some external hard drives that have a feature that you can uh, backup all your all your hard drive in a different partition of the hard drive in case something happens to it. And then some of them come with two hard drives in the in the external, so you can always have your backup in another backup <laughs> as Gosh. well you just have to yeah, look what you need uh i'm, I'm like i i wouldn't mind an, a solid state but um but like the prices for hard drives like spin disc ones are like really low obviously yeah like, uh, like maybe well I just... if it's for storage i highly recommend the mechanical ones if you're just gonna mm -hmm. store stuff on there and if it's just regular files right you, you should be fine if you're gonna run HD content up to 1080p, even I would even say 2K would be doable on there. You'll be fine. I I edit on some of these external hard drives that are like that, but they're obviously the faster spin ones, uh, the faster read speeds. Like, uh, cause I have the I have a couple of those, and I have internal SSDs, right? I have the older ones, and I have the M.2 ones, and in reality. <clears throat> The M.2, I mostly use it uh, to run my programs and stuff like that. So my computer is just extremely fast when it comes to to that. But if you're just going to store music files and all that, I think a regular hard drive should do, my friend. Like, I don't think you need to mm -hmm. go all out <laughs> um, with the speed. Yeah. Because it's all about, like, basically it's all about how much read speed do you need? Are you going to be running 4K content and, and then back no. and forth and stuff? Because that's when you're going to notice the lag. Um, yeah, what, what I would probably use it for is to um, any projects that I, you know, I work on that I'm, you know, I worked on it and then I'm just going to get it off of my main drive and then put it somewhere, you know, it's like my vault, right? Like somewhere where if I want to like uh, reference it in the future, um, I will, but there's a chance that I won't access it for a while. Yeah. And so, you know, just put it on the storage and I mean, I'm, I'm not anywhere near... Uh, up to my maximum yet so it's not like a real big concern yet but um it would be nice so that at, at the end of i don't know like the next you know i, I, I don't want to get to the point 
I'll tell you this. I take everything over in one go. As, as a person who has lost information because I thought, like, I don't really need it. It's always yeah. nice <laughs> to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. <laughs> yeah, that's like, very good. Yeah. Right, I just, it's a little bit of advice I would want to give you. Like, uh, I know, like, just, it's not obviously, it's not urgent that you need it tomorrow, but it's something that you should probably consider just to make sure you always have a backup. It's always, this is important for you guys if you care about your information. Always make sure you have a backup, especially if it's information you cherish. Because if your hard drive dies and you need to retrieve the information from that and you, you need to take it to a repair center, those things, like you're, you're not even going to repair it because of how expensive it's going to be. So yeah, and if you have a Mac, if you have one of the new Macs, um, if your hard drive dies, the whole thing's pretty much dead. Yeah. So, so <laughs> that's just something that you guys might want to just consider. Or uh, lots of people like the cloud nowadays, which I'm a person who is not too much into the cloud business. I like I have my own hard drives where I'm like, why am I going to pay if I have my hard drives? Right. But then again, I have lots of hard drives. So <laughs> I have this story. Yeah, you know, I've been burned before from like Microsoft OneDrive where I've had um, I remember I was working on um, a Unity project, like a game project um, uh, with a friend. And uh, I closed I had closed it. Uh, it was an old project. And then I was working on something else. And then I decided, hey, I'm going to jump back on it and do some work on it. And um, because I had it open um, in, I think, in another folder, uh, like, basically, it was still accessing, like, OneDrive was accessing it, like, trying to access it while loading it at the same time. Um, because OneDrive usually it has, well, at the time, it had uh, it has a separate program that also accesses, like, you, you'll ha- you can have your own folder yeah, uh, where, where it directs it, and then it's, like, a GUI interface, right? A graphical user interface for people to... to, to figure out stuff through there anyway um well because it was accessing it or saving at the same time uh i think last time i was trying to access it it corrupted it because oh, of the no. stupid thing. and like i lost that project because uh because of how it was it wasn't it, it just like it was opening basically multiple versions of it and it only saved one of the versions but oh, it, no. it wasn't all of the the files it was only some of the files so it was like it's like having two projects open, but it, then it decided to only save parts of one and parts of the other, <laughs> and uh, it was like yeah, partials of all of it was like um, yeah, corruption on everything. So I didn't want to just go through the uh, the pain, and so ever since then I turned it off. Um, and it was it was also other projects I was on. It was having uh, it was having trouble opening some of them just because if I had it running, and instead what I would have to do is. Um, uh, make sure I turned it off and then just go um, into the folder instead of using the stupid graphical user interface um, to do that stuff. So yeah, I, I'm very wary of using that. I've never, I haven't used any sense except for um, Google drive. That one's been pretty good, but I haven't, I've never put actual projects on there. It was just like uh, file retention and, and stuff that I might want to transfer. I mean, I mean, they else. do have their use. Like when you were like, yeah. if you're not at home and you need to file transfer, you're like, okay, I have these files available from anywhere. It's kind of nice that you don't need your physical hard drive. So, but to me, like I have some cloud stuff with Google Drive, like you said, but most of the important stuff I have is saved on my externals. And and then basically I'm going to end up buying another couple externals uh, down the line. Because I want to back up what I have in these hard drives. <laughs> Always yeah. have a backup of a backup. That's something I, I learned the hard way. 
So it's something that I highly recommend for anybody who's like, even if it's not even that expensive hard drive, you don't have that much information. You just buy a 500 gigabyte external. They're extremely cheap. Like you could get one for like $35, $40 and then you can just have it backed up and you're going to be, is you're going to be happy that you have all your pictures and everything on there. Just in case something ever happens to your main hard drive, especially if it's something that's a little bit older, it's always good to just, just put it into something newer just in case. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, uh, for, for, for myself and also for, uh, any listeners, do you have any recommendations on, um, let's say a brand? I know there's a ton of brands like Seagate. Um, and, and, uh, I, I am a bias against Seagate. Seagate is the re- most of the hard drives that have died on me have been Seagate. Mm-hmm. Um, a few, like I've, I think right now my favorite hard drives are Western Digital. Uh, I they're the ones I they're my my go to right now because they've been the ones that have um, lasted me and not died on me yet. But any hard drive can die at any moment, so you guys know. But uh, I don't know how good they're like. Basically, Western Digital are the ones that I go for recently. Western Digital or Samsung, but Samsung is usually for my SSD drives. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, like, you can get a um, uh, a uh, desktop. So, like one of those desktop uh, Western Digital external hard drive. I think it's a one of the spinny disk ones. Uh, Ten terabytes for two hundred bucks. That's that's pretty good. I mean, from what yeah. I'm just dropping around compared to the Seagate one I saw. Or you can go up to 18 gigabytes, and that's for $420, which I think comparative, the other one was like $600, $700 for it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I've heard good things about Western Digital. So, so like, you can do, depending on your needs, right? Like I say, depending on your need, because you can even buy an SSD um, external for fairly cheap. Um, but, then again, if you need more than 500 gigabytes, obviously go for the 2 terabytes or go for... Oh, Depending yeah, on what you need, right? <laughs> Depends on your needs. Need more than, yeah. <laughs> For those really, I, I guess also, um, I guess it's something to, to be mindful too of is like you, you think, you know, more storage the better, but really I think what I, I, I heard you say that you have a lot of external hard drives and I think it's probably better to not go really big because then you end up having pretty much um, kind of like the, the, I guess the wording of like putting all your eggs in one basket. Cause if that drive fails, then all of that data, that's 14 yep. terabytes of data that you could potentially lose opposed to only 500 gigabytes uh, for this one. But then, Oh, you have another external hard drive uh, with like 500 gigabytes more of something. So it's better to lose 500 gigabytes opposed to losing a terabyte or more. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Like I have two five terabytes external hard drives. Um, essentially so i have 10 terabytes <laughs> of yeah. of information and then they're pretty much almost full uh to be honest they're like 70 percent full both of them so i have like roughly like one one and a half terabyte free on each hard drive mm-hmm. or 1.6 um roughly so like i i do need to get another five terabytes <laughs> to back up this <laughs> one <laughs> Then again, like those are mostly gonna be like my backup of my backup, um, because I I I just I just just something that is just for an ease of mind kind of thing. But yeah, like I have this much because I I edit 4K video and like I need I need the hard drive space, which is why they get filled up 
because of the, this stuff. Um, because those files tend to be fairly large in case you guys ever wanted to edit 4K content. It's not it's not like 1080p. 1080p can give you like... Even 1080p can be very hefty depending on on the main... On how you have acquired those um, video files. If you recorded something or whether you... It, it depends on how you got it basically on your files. So it should be... You should cater for your needs. Don't like... If somebody says... Hey, yeah. Uh, I just want to have 5 terabytes. Just because... I want to have the extra space. <clears throat> That's nice. But if you're never ever... Ever going to fill it up. Then what is the point of having it? It's... It's no point. Just get some... Like a 2 terabyte. 2 terabyte should be good enough for most people. I don't know that many people who have more than 2 terabyte of information. Besides myself and... People on my business. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, well, I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's, you know, yeah, anybody that has uh, uh, a steady output of whatever they're doing. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's definitely. Um, and I was just looking at some. So uh, I know there are those RAID. So you have like the Thunder Bay 4 RAID 5 edition or whatever. Eight terabytes. Of course, it's like, you know, almost $800. But um, it has that redundancy which is pretty beneficial, I suppose. So you can have one, you know, one of them goes out and you can still have your data accessible. Um, so, but yeah, that's a pretty, pretty steep price. And I know you can make your own RAID systems. Yeah, um, you can. Um, but it's... I do, I remember like the benefit, and this could have changed, uh, you know, since I last I read about RAID, but um, I, I remember hearing that RAID was like, yeah, it's one of the at the time it was like the fastest writing uh, read write speed or whatever on a hard drive, but or at least well, it's it's mostly like, like you want to use RAID for server status stuff for, for yeah. Like if you're not but writing the, the server, time, it's like no point. In my opinion. Yeah, but like at the time, the issue was, um, you know, it uh, if if you if one of them died, one of the the disks died, then. The whole thing's screwed, but I guess they have something separate here where it has a redundancy built in. Um, but um, well, yeah. when it comes to RAID drives, you also need to understand that at least because I have a server and basically we have like the two hard like if two hard drives are running on RAID mode, you have to have another two hard drives that back up the information from those to those. So that you have to have double what you buy. So if you're going to do raid mode, you need to make sure you have it backing. Um, because it's like you, if one of the, like, depends on the raid mode that you use too. Because, for example, if you are used, there's different kinds of raid modes. And one of them you can, if one of the hard drives fails, that's it. It's done. You All your information is gone. Like, like yeah. it, it doesn't matter. Like, even if you connect the other, the other hard drive works just fine. It's gone. It's absolutely useless. Your information is, boom. <laughs> yeah, I, I <laughs> done. The, so the I guess the major selling point on this specific one is, uh, it's called the RAID, the RAID Five Advantage. This is the the uh, so RAID Five merges the four drives inside Thunder Bay, which is the thing, together for exponential performance gains over a single drive. The combined capacity of three of the drives and data redundancy that allows the array to still work even if one drive were to fail. So I think it has one, 
yeah, but if like two fail, <laughs> then I so I think it's like that's that becomes a sacrificial drive. Um, yeah, because there uh, is a raid mode where they don't operate as one unit, but the but then you lose the advantage of the speed, right? Like like mm-hmm. there's there's always gonna like that's why I say like it depends on your need and what you're gonna need it for. Like most people don't need to have raid going on on unless they're running servers and they're running fairly large files that are gonna mm-hmm. take a lot of bandwidth. That's why like if if you don't know much about raid mode and what they do unless you're gonna set up a server yourself you're gonna have to read into this and look into see what's gonna be most beneficial towards yourself because you're also gonna have to have those backups you're gonna have to have no matter the raid mode that you have you're always gonna have to have an extra two hard drives if if, if you have two hard drives on raid mode then you're gonna need another two like just as your backup even if because there's ones that like it's like you're saying like one of them can die and then the other information on the other one's gonna be fine, but you're still gonna lose some of that information on the other hard drive. So it's definitely it has pros and cons. Um, that's why like you always want to cater to what you need, not just because it sounds fancy. You're like, oh, I like the sound of that, <laughs> or <laughs> or it sounds, oh, you can get really fast speeds. It's like, yeah, you can, but are you ever gonna need them? If you're not gonna need them, then you're just gonna have a system that you overspend money on and don't and yeah and you're never gonna use it to the up it's optimal use so you just waste a bunch of money in my opinion so that's why i say i would just say like just get yourself an external hard drive like four terabytes five terabytes and then just have everything there and some of these hard drives tend to have a backup in 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 itself already like they have some software that they help you retain some information even if your hard drive fails or whatever um it's pretty nice if you don't want to go the hefty uh raid mode (laughs) i think they have a um what is it called they have an automatic backup options in them where um where where like basically it has just software that helps you back up your information as well um i think some of them even use the cloud as a backup too Depending on the model that you get, but yeah, freaking hard drives. I'm, I I need to buy more hard drives just to have a, a redundancy, like you're saying. <laughs> it's it's nice, at least yeah, for me. <laughs> yeah, I've been. I mean, any any excuse to buy a rack mount thing, I've I've been looking into. So I've been really trying to. I'm like, well, what do I need? Okay, well, extra storage would be nice. And so now I'm looking at like. Okay, so like thing can I rack mount the storage devices somehow? Um and, and then all the of course all the, the options are like big server rate related stuff. No, I just I just wanna rack it. That's <laughs> That's all I wanna do. <laughs> yeah, I just wanna wanna make you I wanna I want another flashy light on my desk to make it seem like this spaceship or something. That's funny. But but yeah, man. Anyways, like, I think we've been talking too much about computers, not much about games on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not game gamers enclave anymore. It's uh, this, this should be a whole other segment, right? This is just um, a technical, more like laptop computer talk. Just it's just a tech talk, a technology tech talk. support. It's a te- it's a conversation. It's a, yeah, it's a conversation of uh, technology that we tend to use. Um, not very thorough when it comes to certain topics, but it's still. It still holds up <laughs> for what mm-hmm. what we're discussing, regardless. And yeah. talking about 
games real quick because I think we've done quite a bit on the podcast so far. I think we've done like an hour 15 or so. So I want to keep it a little bit brief since I think it's be a good place to stop. Um, is there any games that you're looking forward to playing uh, this October that you want to get uh, scared on? Or oh, or man. are you gonna play any uh, scary games recently? Yeah, so I have to I have to get through all of my uh, my backlog and of scary games for sure. Um, and there's some I haven't even purchased yet. I, I definitely want to do the Resident Evil games, the the remakes like on two and three. Yes, do um, it. Yeah, I definitely need to do those. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely have my my share of things. Man, October is already halfway over, so uh, yeah, I better get on that. How about you? I actually have a couple of games that I want to test. Obviously, I, I did mention earlier that I finally bought Resident Evil Village. So, that, mm-hmm. that, that, that actually, I have that in the mailbox right now. But guess what? <laughs> whoever whoever closed the mailbox made my um, my little locker get stuck. So, when I oh, wanted to put my... To so, I put my key in. I can't, yeah. I can't open it. So yeah, now, you turn it, but it doesn't, it doesn't like open? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, you, dude. I had I had a terrible experience with that. After you have talk- to call the yep. the uh, service, right? And so we had to actually go, or or not call. You have to go there. I have to go to and, the post office. It, yeah, and it's you have to talk to the manager, and you have to say, hey, can you like next time somebody comes and drops off a mail, can you just have them tighten the bolt that's in the back? And like, it's so stupid because they think, oh, we well, got to replace it. They unfortunately the service there, uh, and also I. I know for a fact this is how they are uh, because um, my father-in-law works there. <laughs> so um, we we ended up having to um, talk to them and figure out uh, like, hey, we need to we need you to we know this is the issue. We don't need a complete lock replacement because they'll they'll try to think it's that and they'll put it on a ticket and just have somebody else deal with it. But no, you just got to call the call whoever's delivering, you know, or you have to tell the manager to call whoever's delivering. And just have them tighten it. We know that that's the issue. Mm-hmm. And um, when you do tighten it, so when you do um, get it fixed, what I ended up doing is I tightened it because uh, I, when I went over to get my mail, I just brought a wrench and I tightened it. But the thing is, is it's like friction fit. So like if you tighten it too much, it uh, it won't you won't be able to unlock it because it's too tight. So you have to just have it barely like right where it's at. So. Uh, you might want to get in the habit of every time you open it, just a, just a hand, like slightly tighten the bolt with your hand, not too much, but just enough to like keep it there and then try to unlock it and lock it again. And then just so it's there, it's just terrible design. Um, but it's a pain in the ass to deal with, with them. Yeah. I was going to go to Yoste much. Uh, I, I need to go to the post office and guess what? It, since it's not open on the weekends, I'm like, so yeah. I was looking forward to playing it today, actually. Yeah. Um, so I can't play Resident Evil Village until later, but that's okay. Um, I, I can wait. I have other games to try it out. But yeah, that's one of the games that I wanted to play. And I also wanted to actually finish uh, the Blair Witch Project game. Oh, it's just called the Blair Witch, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually pretty, I find it very, it's very eerie. Which I like. I like eerie games, and then Deep Silver developed this game. I don't know if you guys know um, that develop um, that studio. Uh, I think they created that island, or they developed that island. Um, mm-hmm. And or actually, no, I'm mistaken. I was reading a different. Maybe no, this is the VR version. 
Silly me. Why did I click on the VR version? <laughs> Anyways, that I actually want to try the VR version on Blair Witch because it seemed very interesting. But regardless, back to what I was saying. Um, this is a game that I think you guys would like if you want to get spooked. And if you if if you haven't played it, it's pretty it's pretty eerie because okay, the, like at the very beginning, I'm not gonna spoil it too much. I'm just gonna tell you something that I thought it was pretty cool because you have a camera, kind of like an Outlast, you know, you, if you play uh, Outlast, right or no? Yeah, yeah. Um, my wife did. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. I haven't finished the second one, which I'm trying to finish as well. Uh, mm -hmm. But on the Blair Witch, you have a you have a camera, and when you're going around, you can find a tape. So if you find this tape, you can like, okay, I'm gonna put the tape on and then and then replay it. And when you're playing it, you get to see like a little, like a little area that you walk by. And when you and when you play the video, you kind of see something happening. Like, oh, okay. Like the tree fell over, so you would rewind the tape and the tree would be up. And then if you pause it there, in the real world, the tree is up. So like, so it's kind of cool the, the way that you, that's just one little thing. Like I'm not going to tell you too much besides like something simple like that. Like I thought that kind of feature is kind of cool because it's like, it makes the camera feel like paranormal, right? You're like, oh wow, this camera is pretty crazy. Like whatever I see on here. If I see it on here, that means it's somewhere in this area or like this is how you progress through the game by finding clues in the camera. And the thing too is like sometimes you can be looking at your camera and then you hear a noise behind you. You're like, what is that? <laughs> mm -hmm. What's happening? Um, so it, it can get pretty scary. Like I like I like the atmosphere. Um, I enjoy it. So I'm going to, that's another game I'm look, I want to finish before Halloween. So the Blair Witch and... And Resident Evil are probably my main two games that I want to play right now. And and I'm going to have more games to play. But I do want to recommend a TV show to watch. If you guys are into scary horror stuff. And depending if you, ha if you haven't seen... Um, what is it called? The Haunted on Bly Manor? Or... Um, or is it Haunted... Is it Bly Manor? Haunt the Haunting of Bly Manor? You need to watch the TV show. And another creation of the... Uh, I, I believe the same writer came up with this new show called Midnight Mass. And it's very, it's very good as well. I, I started it. it it's, very, it's shot very beautifully. Like some cin cinematic shots are really nice. Like uh, they had this shot of like this this kids on a boat just rowing in the middle of the night and you can like see if you have a nice 4k television it's beautiful to just watch like you see the the shadows and the lighting it's it's so it's an eye candy shot and besides that it's super eerie and and then the story is very very interesting so far i'm also gonna finish it soon i i seen a couple episodes and Based on those episodes, I highly recommend it as well. And all, and they're all both in Netflix. So if you have Netflix, you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, that looks. I, I can't remember if it's something that we've watched before. It doesn't. Maybe not. It, it looks similar to another Manor one. Oh, uh, I think it was another ha haunting. Well, actually, I correct myself because the Blind Manor one is not as scary. It's the uh, the Haunting of Hill House, or that's the one yeah, that's, that's really it. good. 
Yeah, yeah, the Hill House one, because uh, my wife, she's really into horror um, novels, right? And so this, it was based off of them. Yeah. And I remember, I, I yeah, I, we watched The Haunting of Hill House, and that was, that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, but I remember we were going to watch the next one, apparently it was Yeah, Bly Manor. As good. Yeah, uh, so. It's not as good. Sorry. Yeah, that's what I But yeah, yeah, the first one, definitely check it out. But check out- Or Min- read the book. Midnight Mass. That's, that's the new one that you should okay. definitely check out. Um. That one I highly recommend. Um, and speaking of um, spooky games, by the way, real quick, um, another game that's coming out that I looked, I noticed, I think on the twenty eighth of this month, is Fatal Frame Maiden of Blackwater. So yeah, another Fatal Frame game. I remember, remember those games. Oh, man, those are spooky. Man, the first three Fatal Frame games are still my favorite ones. Then again, they released a, a sum for this for the Nintendo. I was gonna say Nintendo Switch, but no, that was the Wii. And then they had the, um, the Wii. The Wii. <laughs> yeah, the Wii. <laughs> and then a lot of them were never brought to the States. A lot of them, like uh, like Federal Frame 4, I think, um, was made, um, was never translated officially. I, I could be, I could be wrong though. Like, I just remember back when I wanted to play it, it only, it was only released in Japan. And the only way to actually get it was if you were to hack a Switch and get a Switch version of a fan-translated game. Like, that's the only mm-hmm. way to, to play it. And if you didn't know Japanese. The other way is <laughs> no Japanese, be able to read Japanese and play it, right? Yeah. Uh, play the official version. Obviously, I'm not con- I'm not saying, like, oh, go pirate the game. It's just, like, if you wanted to play it, um, that's the only way. And understand it, that was the only way to play. I think it was called Federal Frame 4, um, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse. And it, I heard it was really good, uh, but that's the thing. I never got to play it because it was on Japanese. So I hope that they do port it one of these days. And if they did, I need to find a way to play it again. Because I, I ha- my, my nephews have my Switch, so who knows? Maybe I'll steal it back from them if it's just shoved in the closet and try it again. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's a PC version of the game. But yes, Fatal Frame. When does that come out? The new one? Did, did the you 28th. check? The 28th yeah, of this 28th. month. Ooh, just, yeah, in, cool. just in time. It's on I PS5, just... uh, Xbox, Xbox One even. Uh, it's on all, all sorts of it's on It's on every platform. You, yeah, I think all, it's also on this. The... On this yeah. <laughs> So that's yeah. good. I just hope that is a good game. Um, I don't know who's developing it, so who knows? Oh, I, I, I already closed it. So. <laughs> it's it's alright. So I it might just be uh, what did you say, Maiden of Black Water? Is that what mm-hmm. you say it was called? Yeah, the Maiden of Black Water. Ah, uh, this is the fifth game. I just Our looked. I looked. I looked no, into it, and it's it's the fifth game, and it actually mm-hmm. came out already for the Wii U in 2014, mm-hmm. 2015. Yeah. So it's the first time that it's making its way to to the West. So, mm-hmm. hey. So besides the... So I'll just be missing playing the fourth game. So there you go. I, I I'm definitely want to play this game. So I hope that is good. I never looked into the original mm-hmm. one. So, yeah. Good shout out right there, my friend. Good shout out. Yeah, I, 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 just I, looking, uh... I, I completely forgot about this game. No joke. <laughs> I just, uh, I, IGN's list of games, and I, I just kind of, uh, I forgot Far Cry 6 came out as well, but this month, um, but I, I, I did a little, uh, 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 like, a spoiler on in the November um, releases, and 
it looks like our favorite game, Farming Simulator 22, is going to be coming out Ooh. <laughs> on November 22nd. <laughs> and then uh, that's right before, you know, because they, they got to get in. They got to get in there to compete with uh, Final Fantasy and Walker, you know? So, oh, and Battlefield 2042 and Ooh. Jurassic World Evolution 2. And yeah. uh, Call of Duty Vanguard. I mean, it's oh, and Just Dance 2022. <laughs> A lot of uh, games coming out in November as well. Not yeah. as much as in October, but still. Yeah, yeah. Um, November is the month of games because people are like uh, they're getting ready for those Christmas gifts and stuff. So, so there you go. I mean, that's a nice list that you point out right there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. If any of those games interest you, I mean, go like there you go. For me, it's mostly gonna be maybe Endwalker, and I don't know if there's anything else that because I'm I Call of Duty I'm, I don't get excited for anymore. I used to, but that was back in Call of Duty Modern Warfare One, Two, and Three, and after that, I just kind of like okay, the Black Ops ones were fun, but besides that, it's just I feel like it's on it like up and down kind of thing it was, it's just not not never have been the same for me ever since they they became like yearly titles like i felt like the quality dropped but who knows maybe the vanguard one turns out very good i could i could i could in my words and that'd be the best one yet but who knows because they're going back to world war Two, if i'm not mistaken so if you want a war game world war Two, it, it, it is for you um and what else i guess i guess this should be pretty good for the podcast and actually you just have some technical difficulties real quick so you guys haven't lost me but jinjimo has been lost for a second so oh yep okay we're, so no we're no worries we're, we're back. back i noticed that um <laughs> decided to kick uh my computer decided to kick you out or kick yep. me out. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, I just saw, I, I just like heard your voice hang. And then I saw your, uh, your available thing of to, uh, black instead of green. I was like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all right. I kept talking. Cause I was talking about, um, well, real quick for you, I guess I was just saying that call of duty, um, this, they're coming back for the world war two on Vanguard in case people wanted to some world war two stuff. So is is world so is Vanguard specific to World War Two or is it gonna have because it when I see little snippets of it it looks like it's all over the place it's not just one time period. I actually do not know because I just didn't really care too much <laughs> yeah, about it. Yeah, me too. Um, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> I just I know that it's World War Two again because that's what my uh, that's what Care Bear was telling me that it was gonna be. Um, Basically, it's going to have four different front lines in World War II, the Pacific War, the Western, the Eastern Fronts, and the North African Campaign. So it's going to have four little campaigns, I suppose, in different parts of the uh, of the world during the World War II era. Uh, besides that, I don't think it's too recent. Uh, I'm pretty sure it has to do with World War II mostly. Because yeah. he was yeah. telling me that he he's tired of seeing uh, World War Two war games, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm the opposite. I'm like, hey, World War Two is back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking at it, uh, the screenshots, I, I don't see it. Yeah, it doesn't look like it. I don't know for some reason. I when I saw, uh, I think it was when I, I don't know. Last time I saw it, it looked like there was it was in different time periods. They were 
they're cramming into one game but yeah it looks like uh it was just representing the different about uh, like the different uh war fronts that is yeah. um, and then of course i think they're going with uh different um different characters and stuff so it's not just one character which i kind of I, I mean it's cool but like i i kind of like playing one character throughout a whole story because it develops yeah it about. just has more character development more and you can grow more attachment towards the character uh, and sometimes, like, you're like, oh, that was my favorite guy. Can I see that yeah. guy again? No? Oh, okay. I guess not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but the one that I'm m more looking forward to, I don't know if you got a chance to play the beta. I've been a little bit too busy. It was Battlefield 2042. Um, mm -mm, I haven't I'm, played it. Okay. So that's one of the ones that I'm actually, like, it looks fun to play as well. So I'll see if I can find a way to play beta. Or I'll wait f to see how the game is because I don't want to spend uh, sixty dollars on this game. Comes out November nineteen and be disappointed because there's no single player. They're focusing only on multiplayer, so so that could be either good or bad, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it could it could go both ways. But this just reminds me of the original Battlefields. Remember, like Battlefield one, two, well. Battlefield 1942, right? And then um, Battlefield 2 had like no single player. It was just multiplayer. That was the point of these games. So mm -hmm. I hope that by making it the point of it, the game is awesome. So I'm looking forward when, uh, for it. I remember playing them. Like, I remember when it first came out. And, uh, uh, well, 1942. And then um, the Battlefield 2 came out. And I, I just remember, uh, and I think it was Battlefield 2. And it was like, because uh, I, I remember I had the box um, for the PC, like, you know, you uh, actual physical copy of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember playing that and like, I, I really, because I, I think at that time I had really crappy internet, like we didn't have uh, broadband yet. Mm -hmm. And I just played it as uh, like a single player game or like with NPCs, right? But it was just like, it was fun. Because there wasn't a whole lot of games that were like that where you can get into a vehicle. I mean, Grand Theft Auto, I guess, but you get into a vehicle and then you, like fly around or you could drive around or, or whatever. And, you know, I, I spent like a few hours playing that. And actually, I remember I invited uh, one of our friends over. I don't know if I, I might have invited you as well, or, I, like at separate times, but like, just like, hey, look at this game. Like, you can like uh, run around and fly around and do all this other stuff and like shoot rockets and blow up vehicles and everything. And even though it was a single player, like we're, I wasn't playing against anybody. It was just like really fun. It, it's kind of like way back when we were younger playing mm -hmm. yeah. the multiplayer of Halo. Uh, and even though we weren't like trying to get the most kills or whatever on each other, uh, or we were playing co-op, but like we would just, you know, screw around in the maps and uh, see how many times we can flip the Warthog with plasma grenades. So, <laughs> so that's, that's the multiplayer I remember from Battlefield. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's Battlefield's fun. I, I still remember, like, how awesome it is just to, like, um, be a sniper in the originals, at least, where you, like, like it was mind-blowing that you could, like, shoot a, shoot somebody across the field with your sniper rifle. You're, like, you yeah. sit up top, you're, like, boom, and kill somebody. I remember when that was, like, especially it was one of those few games that actually had a lot of people in their multiplayer. Yeah, so, and it had like bullet drop and everything. Yeah, and it had like you know, you really felt like when you did hit somebody, you actually felt like you you deserved that hit, you know. And and being able to like have a fifty caliber sniper rifle, like 
like if you upgrade all the way to the end and like finding out oh you can shoot through like helicopter canopies with this thing like that was pretty cool yeah yeah so so i'm looking forward to reliving some of those memories uh so who knows maybe maybe i'll get it maybe not we'll see is is that's one of the, like i just don't have time to play multiplayer games like anymore like i i get too busy so like and you know how you want to not suck <laughs> these games require yeah. some practice and whatever practice you don't get, when you go back on it, other people have practice, and you're like, man, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be on the bottom of the leaderboard. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so we'll see. We'll see. It's one of those games that I that do interest me, but I'm not 100% sure if I'm going to get it. But I, I'd rather buy this one than Call of Duty, to be honest. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to buy either this year. So... <laughs> So that at least I'll save some money for some other games that I want to get that might come out maybe ne early next year. I I just wanted to play the new God of War to be honest. Like just give me God of War Ragnarok. Just give me that game. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like the only game I want to play right now. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it's not the only one, but it's the one that I would want to play right now. Like I would if it like if it came out, all the other ones are gonna be. Just pushed aside for it. Pretty much, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, well, I think this is a good spot to end. Uh, unless there's anything else you would like to um, discuss, my friend. Nope. Uh, I feel like we covered a whole lot, and, and yeah, I apologize for diverging into a whole other topic of, of uh, electronics and stuff with storages and all that stuff. Um, I, I I kept remembering. I was like, oh wait, there's there's a specific title in this podcast that we. We probably should be focused on, but but it, I was just thinking like, man, I bet some people are probably wondering like, uh, what should I do for storage? Because it is a, it is a serious thing. Like you know, if you really have a lot of stuff that you work on, especially if you're like into into the creative arts or if you're into something that you're producing something and you need to make sure that uh, stays protected. I think um, always you know. Oh, it's uh, important nonetheless. Storage, <laughs> yeah, storage is a consideration. You should definitely backups. Specifically, so. It's something um, that if you didn't consider before, I hope that by listening to us, you do consider it because trust me, it's always it's, it's like I told I said earlier. I hate I hate sounding like a broken record. It's all it's all it's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. so, so this will be our our public service announcement. Episode. Yeah. Our PSA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I hope you guys still enjoyed the uh, the podcast and managed to listen to all the way through if not that's okay i understand and hope you guys thanks for listening guys to gamers enclave the podcast for the gamer in you until next time out